Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Stadium Journey podcast. Thanks for joining us this evening. Check out our website, stadiumjourney.com. We are the world leader in sports travel information. We've got reviews of over 2,500 stadiums yeah. from all around the world. And now, finally, they are all in one place. Everything has been moved to the new site. Please go check it out. Don't let our work be in vain. Uh, social media types, uh, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We're even on threads. Find us at Stadium Journey. Don't forget to like, share, follow, all that good stuff. To find episodes of the Stadium Journey podcast, get out your cell phone, for instance. Type in HIAC Talk Radio Network. Wherever you look for your favorite podcast, we'll be there too. If you would rather watch the podcast, to find our video simulcast, check out our YouTube channel, Stadium Journey. And if you want to be part of our studio audience, like our good friends Gregory and Tim and Javi, join us every other Tuesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern at danlaw.tv. All right, before we get started, let me take a minute and introduce the gang. We are all here tonight. Dave Cotney's here. Follow him at ProFan9. Mark Viquez, who's joining us today from Paducah, Kentucky. And I think he's just driving around randomly trying not to get a ticket. Follow him at Ballpark Hunter. <laughs> the above average comedian Dan Calachico is here. Follow him at Dan Law 83. <laughs> and Dan, it's still going to be okay. And I'm By the Baker. way, Greg said uh, if you're looking for the waterfront and driving to a, to a lake, that's one way to find it. Yeah. I may As do that. My 11th grade Algebra 2 teacher once told me, Gregory, you have a magnificent grasp of the obvious. Uh, you can follow me at Puckman R.I. So, uh, Your name's Paul. I know. He didn't know my name back then. Oh. It was the honors class. You think they would have known everybody by then, right? What an we idiot. Were, we were juniors by then. Uh, anyway, it's been a while since what we put the idiot. journey in Stadium Journey. Four months or so to be exact, to well to be approximate. So tonight we are going to revisit some of our favorite road trip destinations from last time we did this type of episode in March. To July, so we got a four-month time window. Mark, since uh, we don't want you to cause any accidents, we're going to let you go first tonight. So, tell us about some of your favorite <laughs> Thank you. destinations. Thank you. Well, I was hoping to uh, be at Brook Stadium in Paducah, Kentucky, home of the uh, Chiefs of the Ohio Valley League, one of those old 1949 ballparks that is, you know, has been has been kept alive through effortless work from the community, but. Uh, that didn't happen. So I'm going to start with the uh, Savannah Bananas game at Victory Field a couple weeks ago. It was uh, quite the experience. And you guys know that when I go to a ballpark, I walk around. I never sit still. That was not the case here. I was sitting in my seat waiting to see what those wacky banana players and party animals would do next. And uh, it, it was a wild, crazy time. I, you have to see it. I know you can check it out on YouTube. You can read about it. You can see social media posts. Uh, but I was hooked. I would love to see another Bananas game. And I was just impressed about how they handled everything. You know, they're not doing anything different with promotions before and in between innings. Uh, but it's that, that whole banana ball, that whole two-hour time clock and the scoring system. It's it, it, Unless you're a baseball purist who doesn't like changes, go check it out. If you can get tickets, uh, that's probably the most difficult part is getting the tickets. 
and trying to uh, secure that lottery win. But Savannah Bananas was one of my favorite spots in the last few months. Um, so thoughts? What, what do you guys think about the Bananas? Um, you, you said they played in Indianapolis. Did they sell out the place? They sold it out. 15,000 people, two straight games. Wow. Is that one of those games where uh, the, the fan caught the foul ball to end the game? No, that was about a, a week later. This um, We had fans catch the ball, uh, but it didn't end the game. Like, like that was amazing, catching the ball to end the game, and then they bring the kid out to celebrate. And I, You just can't see that in Major League Baseball, you know, or Minor League Baseball. Uh, the 15,000 people – yeah, or should you? The 15,000 people in attendance was the highest the Bananas ever had for a home game. So don't be surprised if these guys are going to be playing in major league ballparks within a year or two. Do you think they're going to have enough staying power to to grow? Like the globe charters don't draw them like they used to, because it's been played. They don't draw like they used to, but they did draw quite well back in the 1960s and seventies. So, so it's got a little staying power. You think it's got, Oh yeah, definitely has staying power. Uh, I talked to a lot of fans our age and younger, they they love they love the bananas. They don't like baseball. They love banana ball. The kids love it. The kids, I mean, these kids were decked out in banana gear, head to toe. I know they're going to be in Brockton and, in about a month, and that, that's a that's only like a forty five hundred seat ballpark. So I wonder how well, packed that place is going to be. It it should be packed. I mean, everywhere they go, they're selling out. And like you're right, there it's fifteen thousand people, and then it's. 5,000 people at the next ballpark. So they're, they're going to need, they're going to need a bigger boat. Uh, but yeah, the fan, the, the fans buying, you know, there is more people waiting in line to buy merchandise than watching the game at times. Uh, the players were very, very uh, accessible after the game, even during the, the first rain out. Cause the game I went to was a postponement, which seems to be the theme this year with me. Uh, they were very reachable. You talk to them. I talked to the guy on the stilts, Dakota. Learned all about him. You know, why he wears this t- uh, stilts. It was his parents' idea, you know? So uh, a lot of fun. They're, they're doing something very unique and special. I didn't know what to really think about it at first. I was excited uh, about it. And, and now that I've seen a game, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm sold. This is this is really good baseball. And it's fun and it's entertainment. And and unfortunately, not everybody likes baseball like us. So, so yeah, check it out. If they're playing in Brockton, you know, I don't know if you can get – you know, since you work for the team, you can get yourself inside for a sneak I'm, peek. I'm hoping so because the bananas control every aspect of the yeah. tour, so yeah. they don't need any of us except maybe for security or something. But yeah, I'll go in and pretend to be an usher. Yeah, that, that yeah, that is true. I did see a lot of uh, yeah the bananas. I mean, they had their whole staff up there, but I did see some folks from the Indians who were you know helping out. Right. Yeah, I figure they'll they'll need me to do something. Maybe I'll run the scoreboard. Who knows? Yeah, you'll they'll have you do something. You can walk around and you know I'll get on some stilts myself. Yeah, get on some stink it go. Get on some stilts. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. That was probably one of the best games I've seen this year. Uh the other game that I had a good time at was the Madison Mallards game. Uh, which they're they're pretty exciting too. They get about six thousand people a game for summer collegiate baseball in the Northwoods League. And I went there for the home opener uh, sometime after Labor Day and had a blast. Of course, my car engine blew out when I was driving back. So, all right. 
try parallel parking while doing a podcast. It's not easy. So it's <laughs> all right. That's it. I'm I'm done. I'm parked. So anyway. All right, let's get back to uh, so Madison Mallards. Uh, they play in a ballpark that used to be minor league baseball uh, in the 1980s for the Oakland A's. Nothing exciting, but they have spruced this place up. They made it a party central. They have a beer boot, which is very popular this year. Uh, they have fried donuts, little mini donuts that they sell. Uh, they uh, have a, a duck blind, which, you know, all you can eat, all you can drink, which was one of the first spots I've seen that had that several years ago. And people come out and they celebrate and, and they have a lot of fun at duck games and uh, Mallard's games. So, you know, Madison, uh, Wisconsin is a great place to visit during the summertime because you can watch the sunset. You can check out State Street. You can have a broad or two. Check out New Glorious Brewery, a little south of town. And go check out a Mallard's game. Uh, six, six, eight dollar tickets. It's extremely cheap. Free parking uh another another place where you go and you just have a you just see a lot of excitement they have a bat dog uh they have uh they have wacky promotions too nothing like the bananas though but like at one time they did weird things like they had gary coleman come up as a as a leadoff hitter and he wind up getting tossed out of the game it was all theatrics but they would do things like that they would get like celebrities to come in and and not have an official at back because you know they don't have college it's a summer collegiate league so they don't have those uh type of um requirements but yeah, yeah. Coleman said to the umpire what you talk about um what you talking about yeah so like the madison mallards savannah bananas you know those are two wacky little little uh summer collegiate well they're not bananas aren't anymore but yeah i i had total total fun there and um yeah, in between the rainouts and the car and, you know, wildfires, I also checked out, I'm trying to think the last one. I mean, I went to a Cubs game. I think we've talked about the Cubs before. Uh, Dayton Dragons. Let's talk about those guys. I uh, It's been about almost eight years. The last time I went to a game is when I came back from the Stadium Journey meetup in Columbia, South Carolina. And a lot has changed in those eight years. That was 2015. Uh, there's a lot of new buildings and businesses nearby. Uh, there's a brewery next door which has uh, a a beer on tap called Hank's Cream Ale 450. Uh, the Dayton Dragons, uh, I forgot how many people that they sell out. I mean, 815 consecutive. I think that record is still still going. Uh, I've that was going to be my question. That. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, the the streak is still going, but you could buy a ten dollar ticket the day of the game. So it's sold out, but you can still buy a ticket for the lawn seats. That's like the Red Place Sox was, sellout streak. Yeah, yeah, and and it's just you know it's it's a it's a great time. I forgot how much, uh, I forgot how much Dayton Dragon games. You know, I was like I had been to games in the past, and it's like okay, Dayton, whatever. There's nothing exciting going on in town. Now you got bars, you got restaurants, you have apartment buildings coming. Uh, it's kind of like Fort Wayne. Everything is sort of building up around that ballpark. Of course, Dayton's been there much longer, but folks are are really, uh, you know, saying, hey, you know, Dayton may not be exactly where we want it to be, but it's a lot better than it was 20 some years ago when the ballpark first opened. You have the Oregon District next uh, five minutes away. Uh, they have, uh, like I said, there's new apartments opening up. They have uh, an apartment building across right field where they have a uh, stadium seating for the residents so they can hang out and watch a game kind of like almost like rooftop seating at Wrigley. So they're doing like little things like that. Uh, so yeah, this summer I have not gone out to as many ballparks as I wanted to. Uh, 
just due to so many different things, Mother Nature, my car, but the ones I've been out to have really hit a home run with uh, characteristics. So that's that's exciting. So th those are my three ballparks, Dayton Dragons, the Savannah Bananas, Banana World Tour, and then um, the Madison Mallards. Three great ballparks, and I'm sure anybody who's listening might have seen games there. Tell me all about it. Uh, don't be afraid to type in the comments. Nice. Uh, Madison was like, have they always been summer collegiate, Mark? Yes, they have been. All right, because they were one. Then they were one of the first summer collegiate ones to really kind of make that. Yes, I want to say that venue, but that avenue of baseball really hit it off with the Northwoods. They were in the Northwoods League, correct? Yeah, the, yeah. The, like I always say, they're kind of the original Savannah Bananas. Uh, yeah, they yeah. do all the wacky little things and the food, and you know, getting people to come in to make appearances, and you know, making it fun. They say it's a nine inning vacation. And, you know, you could buy a ticket, you know, the cheapest tickets are the uh, grass seating, which is a little bit cut off from the rest of the stadium. But it's just such a super chill place to hang out. Or if you want to go hang out with the rest of the fans, you can get a seat behind home plate. And, you know, Pete Alonzo played there, you know, current New York Met first baseman. I didn't know that. I was like, OK, so you, you got some street cred for me now. <laughs> that's, so. that's really the cool thing about those summer leagues. You never know who's going to. You know, when you go there, hang on to your rosters, hang on to your programs, because you can look back in a few years and yeah, say, whoa, holy cow. Because I remember going to a Brewster Whitecaps game one time and looking back through my pictures, and I had this picture of the right fielder that I took really up close. Like, that's Aaron Judge. Wow. He spent the year in Brewster. Wow. So I was like, whoa, look at that. Little yeah. one-year-old Aaron Judge. Yeah, and the Dayton Dragons, you know, if I was there a couple years ago, I could have seen uh, Ellie De La Cruz playing there. So I know that's minor league, but it's, you know, you, you can get the same feeling from exactly, summer. League. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's the way a lot of teams have always marketed themselves. See the Yankees of tomorrow. Yeah. And once that happens, tomorrow. like once some team has a player that becomes big, they market that until they market it forever, you know, because I think, um, I think uh, what's his face in Seattle, the quarterback Wilson, he uh, played in, he played somewhere in the Northwoods League, I believe. And no, not Northwoods League. Oh, he played somewhere that he gets promoted a lot. So e even if you don't make it as a baseball player or as a Super Bowl winning quarterback, you'll you'll <laughs> love him forever. So uh yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah, and that's the thing I tell people about summer collegiate baseball. It's like, well, yeah, it's not affiliated, but you don't know who you're seeing that's gonna get drafted one day and make it through the minors and become a stud. You don't know. I know uh, just last night I was watching uh, the Oakland A's play the Red Sox late at night, and it was the Major League debut for a former Brockton Rock. There you go. Like, hey, I remember this guy. So, Yeah, good times, good times. So, yeah, Absolutely. support support Summer Collegiate, even if they're not as wacky as the Madison Mallards, you know, Paducah, the Cape Catfish, the Throwbillies. I can't wait to see the Throwbillies tomorrow. That should be Let's just hope Mother Nature cooperates. So, shout out from Hobby in the chat says he, uh, Fresno State product, baby. Okay, yeah, he would know. So anyway, I found the riverfront, so I'm gonna exit, and you guys can take over. All right. Uh, before uh, you we'll you see. jump out, Mark, you want to let us know where you're heading in the future. You you mentioned tomorrow. Yeah, you're on the road. Obviously, what else you got coming up? Oh, uh, I got Cape Girardeau, which uh, I think I'm saying that right. I don't know if that's in Missouri or Illinois, but it's along the Mississippi somewhere. 
And then I'm going to see the Thrillbillies, the Thrillville Thrillbillies. They play in Marion, Illinois. That was the former home of the Southern Illinois Miners of the Frontier League. Right? That was right. And uh, those are those two games. And then in August, I'm uh, checking out the Seattle Mariners. I'll be in Seattle for four days. So I'm jumping from, like, Southern Illinois to the Pacific Northwest. I should see something in between. I just don't know yet. Maybe a Fort Wayne Tin Caps game. Uh, Obviously, check me out on Twitter. Check me out on uh, Facebook. Check me out on on YouTube. Just hit 3,000 subscribers. So we'll we'll let you know what we're doing. Or Threads. You can find Threads now. All right. Well, enjoy your night in Paducah. Talk to you soon. All right. Yeah. Take care. Bye, gentlemen. All right. I, I'm just curious to see what happens with Mark's phone. I want to see what he what he actually shows us here. <laughs> uh, I thought he was going to keep it going for like exactly. An hour me too. I thought we were going to see like to Mark see what the inside the of his pocket looks like. And <laughs> all right, hey, hey, Dan, uh, Dave was telling us before we went on the air that you've actually had a road trip too since we uh, last did one of these shows. Are you really going to do that? Yeah, we talked about it already. I went to the Wings game with Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I met him up there with Mom. Uh, I remember that day being particularly awesome because for some reason I couldn't walk on my right foot. That was great. Uh, when I called Kelly, I'm I was like, old. Kelly, I'm I am getting old, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I, I called Kelly. And I said, I can't walk on my right foot. What did you do? I didn't do anything. And she goes, well, welcome to 40. And I said, oh, <laughs> Mom, what, remember, what? She, she said membership cards in the mail. I was like, oh, I'm so excited. I love it. These are far, far, far worse, man. Paul, do you remember? I don't remember 40. I do remember it. There was a dinosaur in my backyard the day I turned 40. Let's see, the velociraptor white back then too. Yeah, yeah. Everything was in black and white in Scipia. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I, it's been the first time I was at the Wells Fargo Center since. Sorry, I was fixing my chair. All of the, uh, the refitting and, and and upgrades they did, and I was impressed. The uh, the uh, concourses were much wider than I remember. Not that skinny Spectrum stuff. Uh, they had great... Well, if you got to compare it to the Spectrum. Yeah, well, if you got to <laughs> compare it to the Spectrum. Uh, they had the sticky, great the little... Um, yeah, yeah. I, they washed them every day. I don't think it mattered. You I think that crud... You... Yeah, you can't fight that much crud. You polish a turd, <laughs> it's still a turd. Um the they had great um local imagery up on top of the concourse walking up, which I thought was cool. It was it nothing earth shattering out of this world, but it was cool where they didn't have it, it before. Go ahead, Dave. Just like neighborhoods, was it? I forget. Yeah, it was just it was just local neighborhoods from Jersey and the Philly yeah. and Philadelphia Metro, basically. So That's the so Delaware Valley just Demon anywhere in South Jersey, North Delaware, and Philadelphia's. And the Philadelphia's Acme's get some shrimps. You know what I'm saying? Get some water ice. Um, and uh, the seats are great. You heard me complain about seats because of my big hips and these big lips. Uh, the seats are great. Uh, as I said off air, Wingston um, accosted my mom and she enjoyed it. Never had a, a a mascot come that close to us, and my the mascot looked right at my mom, and I said, "Ah, shit, here he comes!" And sure <laughs> enough, here comes Wingston, sits right next to my mom, right between my mom and I, and and that was awesome. Um, 
it was I was excited to go because it was the dog park in the bowl or bark in the bowl or whatever. They were all down behind the glass. On the floor. And the last time I was at a dog event at a stadium, it was at. Well, I say stadium. It was whatever Fitzner was. Huh. And it was bark in the park. And I just remember walking Roscoe around the whole place and. You know, all the dogs sniffing each other, walking around the whole damn stadium. And I guess we got away with it because it was outdoors. And if they peed somewhere who cared, uh, this was slightly different. So they were contained to one area. Um, And uh, the wings lost in heartbreaking fashion. So (laughs) it was uh, all around a top Philadelphia experience. Uh, Their merchandise sucks. Uh, For some reason, that's still bitter and sticks with me after after. March, April, May, June. It was a four months later. I was like, you know, I really want the wings to last this time because there's no reason they should have left in the first place. I'm going to I'm going to buy a shirt or two and then walking up to Merch going. Uh, no, I'm not buying any of this shit. And you would with the lineage. Air quotes, and I mean, past franchises, because it's not the same franchise. They're in Stockton. Where are they? No, that's hockey. Where the hell are the uh, uh, wings? Albany. Now? Albany, aren't They're they? Albany. Yeah, they're in Albany. They went, they went to Connecticut and then they went to Albany. Albany, because that's how good it was in Connecticut. Um, so it's not the same franchise, but you have this three wings franchises now. So you have yeah. all of that history to pull from, even if it's just a logo. You have the orange, you have the red, and now you have the current one, which is kind of an amalgamation of both with a different logo. You have all these awesome wing logos. And it all sucked. They have uh, all yeah, this I've... cool wing stuff, but you have to have a word mark over everything. And it, it was like, I am not paying $45 for that. I will order one off the shop online. Yeah, it seemed like there wasn't much uh, in stock. Now, I think, you know, when you got a smaller team like the wings or wherever and you go late in the season, because it was it was March. I think they might have had one more home game. It's like two, three weeks left total. Yeah. yeah. I think they might have had one more home game or that might have been the last home game. I can't remember. Uh, so, you know, the 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 pickings are going to be slim because in those kind of minor league team or niche teams, like they don't restock and just keep selling all year or whatever. Uh, Dan, I, th- I, I, I know that we didn't partake in this but i really got a sense that the concessions were far better uh in the in the current wells fargo arena than they were previously well the thing is is i was so and i've been open about it on this show disappointed in you know we could talk about our own hometowns till we're blue in the face we know how that works but we know philly is known for a certain type of sandwich that is a heart clogger. And the fact that you could not get a good sandwich, cheesesteak sandwich in that arena was cursed. He almost did another edit on me. Uh, in that arena was mind numbingly, it drove me crazy for years. Uh, to the point where, uh, you made the joke when we talked about it extensively when we went to, uh, when I got you a cheesesteak, we went into New Jersey to get it. I said, I know where we're going. <laughs> Trust me, this will be good. Uh, and it was Rexy's bars for those who missed that one. But it got to the point where I was so 
Well, frankly, I was nervous because other than the Genesis concerts, it's the only big event I'd been to since you know, that thing that happened a couple years ago. That went away. It's not happening anymore, obviously. Oh, boy. Anyway. So I was just anxious the whole time. And plus, I purposely ate before I met up with you. So I was like, not eating at the concession. So I didn't even look. I, I didn't It eat looked that. better. I didn't eat that night, that day, because I knew we were, because I had put you on the spot. I was like, you got to. He's going to get me a cheesesteak. Yeah, yeah, we got to go to a, get a good cheesesteak. Yeah. But I did eat there the day before when I was at the Flyers. And I had, uh, I think it was officially called an Italian, Italian pork sandwich. Yeah. Which I'm not sure if it was exactly the same as like a roast pork at Denix, but mm. it was pretty close. Uh, either way, it was it was really good. Yeah, it's completely Horrible. different to what they that was in there before. I I was so underwhelmed before this. It did it didn't seem like you had the typical you know Aramark concession. The only you can't do that in a major thing- league place anymore it's gotta be the, first class yeah the yeah. only thing i miss was lorenzo and son's pizza the gigantic slices of pizza they have a knockoff is insulting well screw them it's it's not angel it's not uh lorenzo's and son they have a knockoff one which i'm sure is fine uh but i was like no, i don't want to try that i don't want to try that and i'm not wasting a cheesesteak at this place <laughs> we're, go- we're going somewhere real it just, I know Stadium Journey is all about reviewing the entire experience from top to bottom, from ends inside to outside, but I have zero want to ever go to inside concessions ever again, whether it be Citizens Bank, Nats Park, um, Wells Fargo Center, Capital One Arena. I, I, I don't want that food, especially in D.C., where it's at, it's right there. I would rather go to any of the 4,000 places within that square block before You're going. Not alone, Dan. There's no the point. Way. There's no point. And I'm, I'm certainly not spending the money inside the arena when I can spend the same amount of money and get food for like six people. At the, and that's into the city again at a national restaurant. Nope. Well, that. That would be one thing that I, I I would say, and and I'm and I I follow your logic. Uh, I I I kind of stray. I'm a little sometimes yes, sometimes no. Uh, definitely have seen a, a change in concessions over the years. He needs to, yeah. With the but with that increased quality and increased variety has come an increased price tag. So. You know, it could be it could be a little few and far between. It, it, sometimes it's just a matter of like. You know, I I don't want to spend another two hours or three hours, or especially if it's post game. I'm I'm usually ready to ready to to cut out and hit the hay. Yeah, I agree. It's gonna take it's gonna take a big. I don't want to say brand name, but like that, it's gonna take a big name inside. If on the subject of Wells Fargo Center, you're going to have to have gyms or like one of the uh, not even chicken pizza. I'm OK. It's fine. No, not an insult chicken pizza. It's for the we're, it, that's all about the crab fries. Don't care about the rest of it. Well, um, chicken pizza are in there. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's got to be something other than 
because mm. that's a good like oh chicken pizza's in there we can grab something real quick from there but it you know it's, I, I need something else in there to it's about the money at that point it really is you know give me lorenzo and sons you sons of bitches it's so good all right so like you, oh wait hold on i do minutes. i do hey, hey on a side note on a side note we're just we're talking about food and i'm fat um <laughs> i was visiting the family i i i just this is just this is not necessarily sports this is the travel portion of it the miles of difference between a stromboli in where i'm from or where i live now and the stromboli back at home where i grew up is staggering staggeringly different <laughs> so i'm like i had one from a local shop in south jersey and i'm like i'm never having the other thing ever yeah. again there's no point to the point where when i go visit i say i need one cheesesteak and one stromboli in the four or five days i'm there and i'll see you in three months <laughs> oh miles away i cannot i cannot understate that i cannot overstate that enough Whew. okay i'm done now. i'm trying to think do i i have this uh place whenever we're in central jersey at in new brunswick we'll stop and we'll grab a a stromboli i can't think of the name of the place now though it's not are you hungry that's that's the fat sandwiches but anyway <laughs> i don't know but that's an awesome place name yeah all right so uh yeah all right Dan, Dan's in on the game. All right. Dave, how about you? Where's your highlights from the last few months? Oh, boy. Uh, well, you know, uh, other than the the my March break trip, which, I mean, if you want to check out some highlights of the March break trip, you could check out our uh, obstructive views on the Cleveland Monsters and on the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. And uh, and then later on, we did obstructive views on from our April trip at the Albany Firewolves. So I feel like we've been pretty well documented there. <laughs> um I guess probably the one of the one of the big highlights or experiences, I guess it, it's it's an old place that I've talked about a fair bit. It's it's my son's favorite place. Uh that would be Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, which is the home of the Reds. And we really had a unique experience at the end of June because on June 30th, July 1st, Cincinnati was bombarded with Swifties. So the Taylor Swift comp concert was at Paycor Stadium, which is, of course, the home of the Bengals. Used to be Paul Brown Stadium. Uh, that's just kind of up the road. And there's it's actually very well developed because the. The ballpark has maybe about six blocks in between it and the football stadium. And that six blocks is now, now very well developed. There's no construction or anything anymore. Uh, there's the, the national uh, underground railroad museum. And then there's a whole host of bars and stuff. Uh, there were, when we were there, there were a ton of little pop-up tents that were selling sparkly things. And, and you could like, uh, you know, get yourself all sparkled up for the concert. But, oh, my gosh, the number of people just kicking around was ridiculous. There were probably about 2,000 people standing outside of the football stadium for the concert. 
they learned from Detroit, which was like a few weeks previous, and there was like something like a hundred thousand people downtown or whatever because there was a Tigers game plus the concert at Ford Field. So we thought we had it figured. You know, the concert's going to start at six. It's probably going to be done at eleven. The Reds game's going to start at seven. It'll be done about ten. It'll be perfect. Well, the Reds are like, well, you know, we've learned from this. So we're going to start the game at five. <laughs> so we had to be there early, which we were. Uh, went and did the Reds thing. Now, the whole time I'm, you know, I got the wheels turning and I'm like, oh, man, what am I going to do after the game's over? Because the concert will have barely started. Uh, the Taylor, Taylor Swift, for those who don't know, and I'm not a huge Swifty. But she actually performs for three hours. So there's like the opening band and then a little break or whatever. And then she comes on and does a full three hour set. And so that's usually about eight to 11. So I'm like, we're going to get out of the ballpark at eight and she's just going to kick it into gear. So what are we going to do in between? Now, thankfully, the Reds helped me out. Because they went into extra innings. (laughs) And uh, so that extended the game. I don't know if you caught this on social media, but the Swifties were all upset because after the Reds won that extra inning game, they uh, fired off the the fireworks. And it happened to be at like kind of a low point in the concert. So all the all the Swifties were all upset because the Reds were banging fireworks off everywhere. Fireworks are not all that spectacular when it's not dark out. So... <laughs> So I, you know, we had we had fireworks at about eight thirty, you know, quarter to nine or something like that, and it's still it's still totally bright out. Uh, but you know, still it's it's still one of the one of my favorite places. Uh, the next day, actually, we went through the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum, which is absolutely great. It is an extra ticket, but if you buy the extra ticket, you usually get a giveaway at the end. So we uh, we walked away with. Danny Graves bobbleheads because he's going into the Reds Hall of Fame next. Uh, and I guess some of the highlights we got to see, we got to see Joey Votto come back. So, you know, my son was super excited about that because Joey Votto is his favorite player. Uh, the game that we were at on the Friday, on the 30th, we were right, right by first base. So Joey is right there. But then we got to see like the phenom that is Ellie De La Cruz, who's about eight foot seven and weighs about 62 pounds. Like <laughs> he's got this massive strike zone, but he is so skinny. But man, is he exciting? Uh, the the game that we were at. He he hit a double to to drive in the tying run. Then the next guy hit a single and he comes raring around head first slide at home. Everybody thinks the game's over that the reds have won. The umpire calls him out because the catcher had blocked the plate and he never touched the plate. And, but yeah, it was honestly, it was great to see the reds, uh, exciting, having an exciting game that the attendance was much higher than it normally has been in my experience. So, you know, we had a, we had a really, a really great time with that. And um, we actually found my wife and daughter uh, fairly decently 
it, it wasn't too difficult. Uh, it was supposed to rain like crazy that night, but it didn't for some reason. Uh, somebody was smiling on us. And uh, my son and I, we went and hung out at Taste of Belgium in between for a bit and then hung out in the park. And yeah, we had a, we had a really awesome weekend. So I think everybody was happy. My daughter cried at the concert. And yeah, good time. Are we going to alternate or are we going to? Yeah, let's alternate because, you know, you don't want to listen to me for all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right then. So uh, I actually did a little research, went back. So since the uh, since our last time we did one of these shows, I've been to 35 different venues in the last that four it? months. That's crazy. And <laughs> That's about crazy. 70 games. Yeah. So I'm not going to talk about the ones that we have heard from ad nauseum, but I did have I'm uh, not going to knock this to one stadium. At this this first one I'm going to discuss, I'm going to talk about a whole day I had, which was an incredible day full of Canadian goodness and, and happy thoughts and hosers and stuff like that. So I was we do actually, goodness. <laughs> I was in I was in Toronto on Canada Day, so we had just the best time. Started the day off by getting in bright and early, getting into Toronto before all the traffic. And starting our day off at the Hockey Hall of Fame, which we had never been to before. And that was just a lot of fun. Um, I've been to, let's see, I've been to the big four halls of fame now. I've been to also been to the uh, Tennis Hall of Fame. And uh, believe it or not, I've been to the Swimming and Diving Hall of Fame. <laughs> That's in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, by the way. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, this was, uh, I really liked the Hockey Hall of Fame. It was, uh, the only weird thing about it was the setup. It's like everything you go into this the center of the museum. You don't like there's not a clear path to follow through the museum. You kind of go in the middle and then there's wings off on all the sides. But the uh, the amount of memorabilia on display, both old and new, was very impressive. The exhibits were engaging. Um, there is no way we were there for a good three hours, I think. And no way we could even come close to taking in everything. It was just so much. Uh, the the international hockey wing was pretty cool. Uh, the goalie mask display, awesome. There's some interactive games, uh, a little bit of everything. The gift shop, I went and Pam blew a ton of money in the gift shop. <laughs> I, I surprisingly, I did not. Although I did buy a sixty dollar hockey puck. But <laughs> the great, the great hall, you could spend, you could probably spend two hours just in the great hall reading all the stuff and yeah, you could spend. An hour reading names on trophies up there. The, the cool thing about the Great Hall that the other Halls of Fame doesn't do is it's not just the, the inductees, not just the enshrinees. It's also all the trophies are in that Great Hall also. So in addition to having all the Hall of Famers in their plaques, which are not done as impressively as baseball or football in my mind, but then you got the Stanley Cup sitting right there. And you got the Norris Trophy, and you got the Hart Trophy, and you got the Lester Pearson Trophy, and you got the Vezina Trophy. And so that's all really cool. And then you can go into this other little vault where the original Stanley Cup was held, and they got some of the bands in there and stuff. So it was, yeah, it, it had the, the proper uh, respect and awe for the greats of the game, I think. The cool thing for me is that Ray Bork and Cam Neely are side-by-side side nice in the, in the display. So for a Bruins fan, that was pretty damn cool. And vault... You, I mean, you pegged it right because that used to be a bank, right. that building. It right. was an old bank. And I don't know what, what that was like the 
the vault where they put all the money at night or where they put the safe deposit boxes. Mm -hmm. That's where they have like the old rings that they've taken off the Stanley cup and the yeah. original, the original kind of cup and whatnot. And it's all in there. Yeah. The original just bowl is in there sitting in there. Yeah. So yeah, really neat. Um, Trying to think of what else. Uh... Did you get your picture? No, because I wasn't paying ten dollars. I've already got pictures of me with a Stanley Cup. <laughs> what? You didn't have to pay. Yeah, you Just do. Somebody. To... Oh. You... Well, I mean, I took pictures of it. I didn't. It was busy I've already... then. Amazing. I've you already just got... said Pam up there and go to the side, click, click. Yeah, no, there was somebody there. I don't think they would have liked that too much, but. Yeah. I... I've already gotten tons of pictures of the Stanley Cup. I didn't need to pay ten dollars to do it again. Yeah, I was taking enough pictures that day anyway, so. So we did that, and that was if you're in Toronto, if you're a hockey fan, definitely do it. It wasn't wasn't super expensive either. I don't remember what we paid twenty five dollars Canadian, something like that, which is like a dollar ninety two American right now. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, we actually uh, we planned this out ahead of time, parked the car in the underground garage because we'll get back to this. This is an important part of our day. Parked the car in the garage next to the Hall of Fame, and then walked one mile over to the Rogers Center. To catch the Jays on Canada Day, we had been to to Rogers Center once before, fifteen years ago. We couldn't believe it was that long ago, and frankly, it was an underwhelming experience. But to go there on Canada Day was really special, and I think it really started out with the hat they gave us when we walked in. So uh, we got to wear these beauties. Nice all day. We got a you know our our Blue Jay straw hat with the uh, maple leaves underneath. And it was a party. We ended up going in when, depending on where you're going, as you know, Dave, I, I'm not going to go too long about the Rider Center, but depending on where you're going, you're either on the 200 level, the 100 level, or what's the, the top level is the that, 500. No, nah, you, you got to go up to go to the 500. You yeah, can't. exactly. You can't, you don't go in there. But we went in on the 200 level, walked around, and it was a party. They were giving away flags. You know, I got a ton of little Canadian flags with, instead of the Maple Leafs, as the Blue Jay. Um, they were giving out free drinks everywhere. So we were doing shots here and there and everywhere. Wow. Um, different places were promoting their their stuff. So, you know, a little shot of what what do you call it when you mix a beer and a lemonade together or something there? I can't think of the word. A shandy? Shandy, thank you. There were shandies, other stuff. Oh, that Stromboli place in Brunswick, New Jersey is called Stuff Your Face. And when I go there, man, I stuff my face. It's awesome. Uh, I need to go. Yeah, it's 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 worth the trip in. You say yep. Strombolis are awesome in Jersey. Yes. I guess. Yes, I am correct. Yes, they are. Yes, um, I am. But yeah, the uh and they had at the Rogers Center for Canada, they had bands, they had DJs. So everyone you walked, you walked a few feet. There was a big bear you could take your picture with. There was a moose. People were lined up to take pictures with a moose statue. I didn't get that, but you could do all kinds of stuff. They had dancers there and everything. And uh then we went down to the 100 level and they had all stuff there. So we, I, I was pretty loaded by the time I was ready to go to my seat. Uh, it was supposed to rain, but they had the roof open, which was nice because I've been there when the roof is closed. I've been there when the roof's open. Much nicer when the roof is open. But uh, yeah, what else? Canada Day, they do this uh, citizenship, the naturalization ceremony. Do they do that every year? not sure i gotta be honest I, i'm not sure if i've ever actually been to the jays on canada day it's it's a super busy day and yeah it, it looks like it's something that they do all the time because they had all the it uh, could be fancies and niceties they were playing the red Sox, so that was another reason for us to go up and uh it was a really good game the red Sox jumped out to a huge lead and almost blew it and the final out of the game was a play at the plate 
So the Red Sox prevailed, so that was another good reason. So our original plan was from the Rogers Center to go to the closest train station and take the train over to our final destination of the day, which was Toronto FC over at, at BMO Field. But we got there, and I'm like, you know what? We had to go, the, the nearest uh, train station, surprisingly, was Union Station, which is a good three quarters of a mile away. So since our car was right across the street from Union Station, so let's just grab the car and let's go over. We'll park there, and then we can be out of the city that much quicker. We don't have to take the train back to the Union Station, then walk over to the garage. And a good thing we did, because my phone died, and on my phone, of course, I had all the tickets, all the parking passes, and everything. So we got down in the garage, go to get out of the garage. I can't turn my phone on because it's dead. So we can't get out of the garage. This has never happened to me before. So we had to sit there in a car, running car and uh, wait for the phone to charge up enough. And for some reason, it wasn't charging. So finally, I talked to the lady in the booth and she said, yeah, we'll let you out. And so as we're driving over to, to BMO, I bought parking on the way over there and went over to BM Field. And day when I got there, I sent you a text that might have really just hurt our friendship forever, right? <laughs> <laughs> Because I got, after being there for about 15 minutes, we got there like five, 10 minutes before the game. So we didn't have a really good chance to to wander around too much. But we got in there, got up to our seats. We actually got there when, um, got up to our seats during the national anthem. So we were last second. And I texted Dave, said, Dave, Gillette's better than this place. This place sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't say, I don't think it really sucks. I don't. I think it is Gillette does some things better than BMO Field, believe it or not. And I think Gillette Stadium is the absolute worst place you could possibly have an MLS team in. Yankee Stadium's got to be worse. Yankees, well, yeah, it's on a par. It's a little half a notch above Yankee Stadium. But uh, I think I was expecting it to more like, be more like Minnesota was when we went there last year, Allianz Field. Yeah. And it was it was older, and a lot of the features of it underwhelmed. Those crazy little bucket seats they got. Yep. I've only been to one other stadium that has seats like that. Billy Bullens Field in Westfield, Massachusetts. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, the next day I could not walk because of those damn seats. I was in so much pain. We actually had to get up and walk around for the last uh, 20 minutes of the game because I was just from sitting in that seat. I was in so much discomfort. Yeah, I, to I totally get that. But it was it was banged out. It was a good crowd. They were into it. Amazingly to me. It was like being at a baseball game at Fenway Park. Nobody sat down. I was up and down, up and down, letting people in and out of my row all night long. Weird. Very distracting. So, yeah, so we actually went off, got all our seats, got to walk around and see some of the features. I know I was looking at your pictures that you put up on Stadium Journey afterwards. I said, geez, I missed that. I missed that. I missed that. Didn't see that. Didn't see that. But we went over behind the goal for the last 10, 15 minutes and stood up and watched the game right behind the supporter section. So it was a little more fun over there because you could hear the noise of the supporter section. I got to take this damn thing off. It's pretty hot. I have a spare, Dave, if you want one when you come down. Yeah, I've got, I've, I've got a Reds floppy hat ready for a trade. <laughs> a, a Blue Jay straw hat for a red straw hat. That's amazing. Well, um, it's not straw. Floppy. It's just floppy. Floppy. This one is a straw hat <laughs> with a big brim. And it, and it was good that day because it did sprinkle a little bit. Uh, there were a lot of people wearing those at the soccer game, too, by the way. So, uh, yeah, we were uh, over behind the supporter section and got to see the closest thing we'll ever see to a walk-off soccer win. 
0-0 game. Real Salt Lake came down for one last push during extra time. Four cracks at the goal and finally put one through, and that was the game. Well, hey, <laughs> you could this year you could see that at BMO for TFC like every week because we specialize in giving up a late goal, heartbreaking losses to give a, to, to give it up. The uh, yeah, TFC is horrible this year. <laughs> So that was my Canada day. It was awesome. The Hockey Hall of Fame, Rogers Center, and BMO Field. What yeah, isn't it bizarre? Thing. You know, it's Canada Day. You come up here right in my backyard, and I'm down in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, I got all kinds of messages like, what are you uh, – because my trip extended to the 4th of July. It's like, what are you doing in, in Canada on the 4th of July? He said, why? I'm usually in the U.S. on Canada Day. <laughs> There you that, go. Was in, that was the end of that trying to get me to feel guilty so that was my that's my uh my first stop the triple triple threat of canada day what else you got dave that's of interest well i mean i i totally get your bmo i was there a couple times uh w- once for the once for tfc uh twice for the argonauts man the argonauts are great this year mm. uh and they you know they got to got to see them r- raise their gray cup banner which which was really neat because they weren't ready to raise it permanently, so they got a balloon, and they raised this balloon up, and it was it was being held by um, season ticket holders, I think, and and they raised the balloon up to to display the the twenty twenty two Grey Cup banner, and then they put it off to the side, and then the next game it was up permanently where where it where it should be. Uh, they, I think I showed this before, but they had a pretty awesome giveaway. So they had, you know, Grey Cup championship rings, replica rings, uh, for for that game. You showed so us was, to gloat. Well, no, that that was just totally setting up Paul look, so he look, could throw in look, his a, uh, a, his real life ring. Boston Pride. Well, well, here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. Now your ring is a team that exists. Well, that's true. Wow. My ring also probably you cost what, about Paul? eight dollars. You know, Hold on. You know what, Paul? I'm sorry. That was mean. Oh, great. He's silent. That's it. I'm dead. There you go. There you go. Did we lose Paul? Uh, oh, no. He's he's putting his headset back on. Oh, I'm dead. All right. I'm back. What's up? All right. Okay. Did you miss the line? Oh, good. He missed it. Keep going. Go forward. <laughs> I don't think he missed it. <laughs> I said, I Paul, I, down in disgust. I said, uh, <laughs> oh, you did. Oh, see, I missed that. No, yeah, I'm. I'm kidding because I'm still pissed about that and the fact that we haven't heard anything about that. That's for another episode. Check it out. Stadiumjourney.com. Go ahead, Dave. Pride, uh, Pride's back in play, by the way. What? Excuse That's me? good. The Pride are back in play. One of the cities being considered for a team. They should be. That's kind of ridiculous they sh- if they're not. And I and I have it, no horses in the race. No, that it, it, it. we talked about it real quick. Again, stadiumjourney.com, the uh, women's hockey situation. It's absolutely stupid and ridiculous to not have Boston in the running for your city. Back to you, Dave. <laughs> Uh, before I do my last part, I, I'm just going to go with, you know, I, I, I did a weekend. Uh, my wife and I were, were married, married 25 years this year. Now, so, I mean, we're both crazy busy, at least at, at in May when we, our anniversary was. And next year we're going to Barcelona with her work. So it was kind of like, what are we going to do for our anniversary? So where else would we go? We went to Pittsburgh. Did a few things, went to PNC nothing Park. Nothing says romance like Yeah, Pittsburgh. nothing says romance like Pittsburgh. 
Permanti Brothers by Candlelight. <laughs> but actually, truth be told, uh, we followed one of your directives and you said go hang out down at the Strip District. And we were looking for things to do because uh, I I wanted it to, it needed to be more than just baseball. So we 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 went to the Botanical Gardens. My wife loved, likes to go to Botanical Gardens. So we did that the one day uh, after baseball. Um, but the one morning we went out and hung out at the Strip District. And it was a really cool little area. Isn't it? Uh, walked up. Man, if you live in that area... Like you do not have to search far for food at all. Like there's all these little markets. There's restaurants coming out of your ears, like breakfast restaurants, seafood restaurants, you know, barbecue, like everything is there all in like this little three block strip. And it was, uh, it was awesome. We had a, we had a, we had a great time there. So that's a little short, middle piece for me but i'll i'll pass it back to you before i do my last one all right so i'm gonna make sure that i talk about places that i am almost 100 confident in that we have never discussed on this podcast before so i'm gonna first uh first ballpark two i'm gonna talk about ottawa stadium and the ottawa titans uh, thank you i blanked on their name for a second i'm like the ottawa links no. links yeah. champions champions Fat cats it, yeah, they've gone through like five <laughs> different teams. Anyway, what's the? I mean, the stadium is nothing special. It's one of those 1990-era ballparks where uh, it's just one big bowl that stretches around from short left field out to short right field. The concourses are underneath or behind, whichever way you want to put it. Walkway halfway up. You can either go up or you can go down and sit. Um, it was built for when Ottawa had an international league team. So it's about a 10,000-seat stadium. And they draw probably about 12, 1,300 people a game now in Ottawa. So for the Frontier League, it's way too big. But it's great to be seeing it still used. Um, today, Ottawa, you know, Ottawa's a big enough city. They should have a team somewhere. And um, it's not far from the downtown. So that was pretty convenient, too. Our hotel was right across the parking lot. Couldn't get any better than that. So we parked, parked at the hotel and then walked right over to the ballpark. Um memorable things about Ottawa. I think my middle section is going to be pretty, pretty uh, sparse as well. Um, the one food item that stood out, the food, I don't know, we had these giant hot dogs that really weren't that great because we were holding out for hitting up some brew pubs in downtown Ottawa and the by ward district afterwards, which is outstanding. Yeah. You could get this giant hamburger that had, uh, it was made of four hamburger patties, uh, cheese, two hot dogs, chicken fingers. Uh, it had like 17 different items on it and you could buy it for the low, low price of $60 for this hamburger. That was at the ballpark. Yes. Yes. Wow. I, I put it in my review. That's up on the stadium journey. I think it was called, well, the team is the Titans, So it was like the Titanator or something like that. But yeah. And they, the, uh, they had ice cream and they had the mini donuts and, it's Canada, so you can get poutine. What impressed me about all the ballparks I went to, uh, Rogers Center and Ottawa and the one I'm going to talk about last, is that they all offered poutine, and none of it looked like garbage ballpark poutine. You know, like it was made with pride. It had solid. Doesn't all poutine look like garbage? After oh, a few man. minutes, yes. But I mean, had... No, 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 no. I mean that, in the... <laughs> Dave. I mean that in the nicest <laughs> fat boy way possible because pork roll looks like garbage. 
No, but what I'm saying is, like, when you get a burger at the game, it doesn't look like a gourmet burger. It looks like it was just thrown together by somebody who could care less. As a burger should. Yes. But the poutine looked like it was skillfully and carefully crafted. It didn't just look like, all right, throw this in there, throw this in there. Much like the wildfire smoke from Canada, they do it with care. Exactly. We were worried on this on this trip we went to because we our first night was in Buffalo and it was so smoky driving through New York State. We thought the game in Buffalo was going to get canceled and we're like, all right, is this whole trip going to be like this? We're going to be sitting in hotel rooms because we can't go outside because it's so bad. Guys, it, it cleared up nicely. You know where where you know how far south I live. It the the smoke haze is covering the mountains. Yeah, and I'm like, well, it's Canadian. At least it's clean. <laughs> I guess uh, we're lucky those fires are far enough north where there's not a lot of people there. That could be. Hey, you know what, guys? Everything's fine. Global warming is not a thing. Go back uh, Go back to watching uh, American Ninja Warrior. It's fine. So, yeah, so that was Ottawa Stadium. And the it was a milestone stadium for me because it was my 200th ballpark visited. Nice. So there you go. So I've got that going for me. Did you have so, like bells when you walked in? Like, which is nice. Thank no, you. Thank you. you got it. You got it. Um, I, I was gonna make a sign that said two hundred and pose with it, but I forgot, so I just put, everybody's gonna be like, no? I just put two up. <laughs> huh? So there you go. That's Ottawa Stadium. Uh, so Dave, what's your third noteworthy venue of the spring trimester? Uh, so recently, you know, having a bit of a a bit of a life shift, uh, has sort of dampered my travel a bit. So I've been branching out a little bit more locally and I've discovered, well, I don't know if I discovered it. I already knew it was around, but I just never experienced it. Uh, junior lacrosse. So in Ontario, we have the OJLL, the Ontario junior lacrosse league, and they boast themselves to be like the top theater league into like the national lacrosse league. So guys who are playing in this, I mean, think about it like the junior hockey equivalent of lacrosse. So a lot of these guys are hoping to get drafted into the national lacrosse league, or maybe translate that into a scholarship in South. But you know, that can be a little bit challenging because you're talking about two different games. Essentially is college lacrosse a big thing in Canada. No, not at all. Because it's field. Field lacrosse is not a huge thing up here at all. That's right. Well, that's because you got your field season is about a month and a half long. That's they, basically, yeah. <laughs> so uh, recently, I've been to three spots for junior lacrosse. So we've had a we've had a team in Kitchener Waterloo forever. I knew people that played on it. I've never gone to see it. Uh, the they used to be the the Kitchener Kitchener Braves Kitchener Waterloo Braves. Um, there's a rash, a rash, uh, I don't know, a rash of name changes that are happening in lacrosse where just about everybody uh, who is not every team who is not directly linked with with uh, an indigenous tribe or group uh, is changing their name to get away from indigenous names. So Kitchener Waterloo, I feel, is in a bit of a transition because it's just the Kitchener Waterloo Lacrosse Club now. Not very interesting. Um I did go to see the Oakville Buzz. They were they play at the Toronto Rock Athletic Comp Athletic Center, which was which is in Oakville, which is it's like a kind of rich suburb of Toronto. 
uh, between Toronto and Hamilton kind of thing. And the rock built this as their, as their training area where they practice and whatnot, but it's really been kind of a boom for lacrosse in the area. Uh, actual, you know, lacrosse arenas, no ice. They have uh carpet instead of like the concrete floor. It's, it's really, really lacrosse focused. They actually have a lacrosse field outside turf field, which we don't have a ton of, uh, so, you know, very kind of new vibe. It's like mm, built in 20, I want to say 2018 or something like that, 2019. Uh, very new. Uh, but I did a double hitter, went to see the Oakville Buzz, and then I went from there to a part of Toronto called Mimico. Now, Mimico was a village that was swallowed up by the city of Etobicoke, which was eventually swallowed up by the city of Toronto. And the history of this place, they like they have this long, long, long lacrosse history uh, for what, what are now called the Mimico Mountaineers. Uh, there's a famous, actually, there's a famous Con Smythe story. So Con Smythe was a World War II veteran, and he led a brigade made up entirely of guys who played on the Mimico senior lacrosse team. And he said it was the greatest battalion or whatever he could have possibly, you know, asked for. Um, But they played, they played, this is the junior A team and they play in this Mimico arena, which is like an old, old school hockey barn. Uh, No AC. It was hot, hot, hot. And, but the, the vibe in there was off the charts. It it was uh it was packed. Now junior lacrosse gets like almost no love, but there were probably about twelve hundred people just totally packing this place. Uh, there was a bunch of like rowdy teenagers kind of behind the net, and they're banging on the glass in like standing room area. Um. But all, you know, all the stuff that I love, old pictures, old trophies, they actually had their own beer. They had lax lager in this kind of little crow's nest uh, bar area. So, yeah, they but it just just a, 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 a totally different vibe. Like I went from Oakville, which was kind of I mean, it was neat. Everything said, you know, Toronto Rock. You know, it, it, it was new, a little bit stale to this old old school arena um you know parking sucked <laughs> uh you know people snuck out during intermission to uh, like probably go to their car and have a beer or whatever and you know sneak back in or or whatever uh the concessions there just just really bizarre uh you know you expect like like snack bar right Dogs, drinks, popcorn, that sort of thing. They had breakfast sandwiches. They had back bacon on a bun. Just, it was, you know, clearly a a kind of charitable endeavor that like a couple parents were running or like, you know, volunteers were running. But yeah, just totally, totally different atmosphere. uh, What I would have totally expected for like, old small town hockey, but in this 
I, I'm pretty sure that they have ice in this place in the winter, but um, yeah, it banners everywhere. It was, it was just, it was just pretty, pretty amazing. And it was the playoffs and they played Whitby and they eliminated them from the playoffs. So they're moving on to the semifinals. So that's it. Mimico. We are going far off the beaten path. Mark with Mark's in Paducah. You're talking about Mimico. And for my final venue, I'm going to venture up to Trois-Rivières, Quebec, to talk about Stade Kilorama. So, uh, Kilorama is like the most non-French French word ever. Exactly. It's it's a bowling <laughs> it's a bowling and entertainment center. So I guess I'm assuming it's got like arcades and stuff too. So. Uh, yeah, we uh, we polished off our trip with a day in Montreal and then a day up in Trois-Rivières. And I'm thinking, don't worry, Pam. I took four years of French in high school. Then I got to Montreal and realized... Not I, same French. I don't know how to speak a damn lick of French. So it's funny, when you go up to somebody there, that both those cities are very bilingual, so everybody spoke English just fine. So if you went up to somebody and I said, hello... They would speak to me in English. But if I went up to them and said bonjour, they would start speaking French. And then, of course, I would get this deer in the headlights look. And then invariably the waitress or whatever would say, English? Yes, please. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Stad Kilorama, built in 1937. And it looks every minute of 90 years old. Trust me. So... The, one of the unique things about where this ballpark is located in uh, Trois-Rivières is it's located in the middle of a Grand Prix race course. So Trois-Rivières has this uh, Grand Prix race every year called the uh, it's called the Grand Prix Grand Prix de Trois-Rivières. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> and it's been going on for for uh, since the 70s, I believe. It's not a top level Formula One race. It's kind of like a minor league. Grand Prix race, but it runs around the grounds of where the stadium and the old hockey rink. Now the uh, the Lions of the ECHL also play in Trois-Rivières. They don't play in the old hockey rink right next to the ballpark. They play in a brand new rink that's uh, a little closer to downtown. But anyway, the uh, yeah the race course goes by the uh, there's a horse race track and a swim community swimming pool and the hockey rink and the baseball stadium runs past those goes down a hill, cuts through. Uh, a big cemetery and around and up back and up and around. So you can actually drive your car on part of the racetrack. And if you look over to the side, you can see all the tire marks all along the wall. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. But then you go into this old, old stadium, which has this, uh, it seats about 4,000. We're talking independent frontier league baseball here. So Eastern Canada has Ottawa in this league and it has Trois-Rivières and it has Quebec Capitals in this league as well. So Eastern Canada is pretty well represented in the frontier league. Uh, you go in this 4,000, 4,500 seat ballpark. It's got one little lobby in this lobby. You got the concession stand, you got the bathrooms, you got the, a bar, you got, uh, the merchandise stand. So it is packed and you can kind of venture off to the sides and go up these steep ramps. And then you're in the ballpark. Best way I can describe this ballpark is of those of you who have been to McCoy stadium, it had a very, very, uh, McCoy stadium feel to it. Which makes sense when you think about it. It was built in 1937, which is about the same time McCoy Stadium was built. So it's got the roof that overhangs the seating area, and it's got posts. So a lot of your seats 
are obstructed view because you're sitting near a post or behind a post. So getting around this ballpark was kind of weird. You come up, you're on this little, the main concourse. There's some seats down in front of you, not very many. Most of the seats are up behind you. So you have to go up other ramps or other stairs to get up to your seats. But then you go up a stair, and this happened to me more than once. You go up a set of stairs, and then there's a railing in front of you. So you got to go up the stairs, and you got to take a left or a right, go up another set of stairs, take another left or a right to get to your seats, depending on where you want to go. So it's really uh, the uh, accessibility wasn't the best. It was a stadium built in 19, the 1930s, so getting around it is not a strong point. If you don't speak English, you're not going to understand the PA announcer because he does all his announcements in French. So I now know how to say things like third baseman and shortstop in French, but I've already forgotten, so I don't know anymore. Uh, baseball French is not so stellar. I'm, my hockey French is a little better. Yeah, they, the only thing they did in both languages was the numbers. And unfortunately, that was really the thing. I one thing I did remember is how to say numbers in French. So I did. I didn't need that help, and that's where I got the help. They had a, a nice long ceremony for for something. I think it was for twenty five years. They tried out a whole bunch of old time Eagles guys. Trois Rivieres was the site in the seventies of since the Cincinnati Reds Double A farm team. So guys like Ken Griffey Senior, Dan Dreesen, guys like that went through Trois Rivieres at that time. So they had a bunch of old-timer guys back to for some kind of ceremony as well as the Frontier League uh, Eagles. I couldn't think of the name of the team for a second. So they've been around for about 10 years. They started in the Can-Am League, and now we're in the Frontier League. So Prairie Riviera, a place I know we have not talked about here on the Stadium Journey podcast. It was a really cool place to go. If you're going, ever doing, deciding to go to Prairie Riviera and then venture another hour and a half up the road to Quebec, the stadium, the two stadiums are carbon copies of each other is what i'm told they're both identical built at the same time built with the same plans and very much similar so i had a good time but one of the coolest things is a few rows up behind me we found some nice seats on the first base side where we could spread out a little bit and nobody came and encroached on us because we were sitting not behind poles and stuff there was a uh up in the back of the uh, seating bowl there was this deck that they had built with seats and you know you turn kegs into tables they had all that stuff and they had a beer vending machine up there so there was about 12 15 guys it was filled with those 15 guys and i'm guessing they sit there every single game and they used the beer vending machine it was like their own private little place it was pretty cool i wanted to join them but i could not join their party because i did not speak the language so i enjoyed my time in troy riviere and then uh we went back down and getting through uh Getting through the checkpoint back into the United States is much easier in Vermont, in Newport, Vermont, than it would have been where I crossed into Canada in Buffalo. Uh, yeah, much quieter border crossing. Yeah, in Newport, in Newport, Vermont. Yes, it took us about fifteen minutes to get through, so that was nice too. So th those are my three unique places for the last four months. Anything else to add, gentlemen, before we sign out? All right. I know we went a little bit long today, so we apologize. Thanks for sticking with us. And uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thanks for listening. Dan, where can our listeners follow you? Dan Law, 8-3. Hold on. Dan Law, 8-3. Mark is not with us at the moment. Are you still in Paducah, Kentucky? You can follow him. 
at Ballpark Hunter on all the social media channels, including the brand new Threads. We all jumped on that first day, I believe. Uh, Dave, you got anything planned? And uh, where can our listeners follow you online? Uh, follow me online, Twitter, Instagram, Threads, YouTube, at Profan9. Uh, not much coming up this weekend, but next weekend, I'm heading east. I'm convention bound. So, Stadium Journey Convention uh, next weekend, uh, but I will be stopping New Hampshire Fisher Cats on the way, then going to check out um, the you know future banana ball announcer at the Brockton Rocks. Maybe no, I'm not a banana ball announcer. No, they got their <laughs> own guy to do that. Well, you you could he's the Brockton yeah, Rocks announcer. You could you could you could like debut it. You could just banana ball the Brockton Rocks game. I could throw him right out of my chair. This is mine. <laughs> Got a promo on him like a wrestler. That's uh, it. And then uh, Worcester Red Sox for the official uh, Stadium Journey convention game. And then on the way back, heading up to hang out with our pal Tim Capper because I'm heading to Percival Molson Memorial Stadium to uh, to look for some touche because it's the Montreal Alouettes. And Where do the play. Alouettes play? They play at McGill, right? Percival Molson Memorial Stadium on the campus of McGill University. Ah, right. And Molson as in the guy who died in World War One, not the beer. You know, that reminds me when I was in Montreal really quickly, went and tried. I said, one of the things I got to do when I'm in Montreal, go check out the old Montreal Forum. Because I wanted to say, Dave, you talked about in the past how they converted the old forum into a giant movie theater. But they've got it painted with Canadians memorabilia. Um, logos they've got a statue of maurice richard they've got like some of the original seats so i was like this is pretty cool and i want to see how they repurpose this we got we got there it looked nothing like i remembered how it looked because it's all painted black now um but it did have like a, a pretty cool display outside on the sidewalk of all their stanley cup winning teams and everything okay um then you walked inside everything you talked about everything i just mentioned is gone it looks it's it's just a movie theater now it, it's like they're trying to tell you it was not ever the most storied hockey oh. arena in the world. So the By statue the way, of Maurice is gone. Every, everything's gone. They took Richard. Oh, burn it down. They moved him hey, somewhere. Burn it down. Um, uh, for legal reasons, I'm kidding. For anecdotal reasons, uh, burn it down. Um, uh, Paul Gregg said, uh, just sleep there the night before after the Rocks game and don't let him in. That's true. Well, I don't have a key, so I would have to sleep there. Just hide. Just do like overnight delivery or whatever that movie is. No, I got to work that day, so I'm not going to do that. That is not a good plan. You you don't have sick time? Come on. I don't have the script to to their show anyway. They need their own PA guy. Needs a script. Improvise. I want to go watch (laughs) and enjoy. I don't want to work. You want to bang on your bike all day. Yes, exactly. Um... For me, uh, follow my stadium journeys on Twitter and Instagram and threads and YouTube. Uh, I'm at Puckman RI. Where am I going the next couple of weeks? I don't know. Um, Rocked and Rocks are taking up a lot of my time as the season winds down uh, next week. Hopefully, we'll be seeing a bunch of stadium journey folks up in Worcester. Aside from that, I really don't know what I'm doing. So we'll, we'll uh, do it on the fly as we usually do. 
So, uh, folks, remember, check out our website, stadiumjourney.com. That's where you will find all of our stadium reviews, news items, other feature stories. Connect with us on our social media channels, at Stadium Journey. You can find audio versions of the Stadium Journey podcast by searching HIAC Talk Radio Network wherever you look for your favorite podcasts. Video simulcasts of the Stadium Journey podcast can be found on our YouTube page. And join us for our live streams every other Tuesday night at 7 Eastern at danlaw.tv. We will all be back in two weeks. I think two weeks from now is August 1st. Hey, look at that. When we will be discussing a topic to be determined. Maybe the new arena football league announcement. It's arena football, Tim. That's a, I, I, I am the... I Tim, the Tim would you like to join us in two weeks? And I decided it. <laughs> God dang it. We're yeah, because, about because our seventh re- show about arena football is just... The right return right. of the soul! <laughs> so as always, thanks everyone for your support and for joining us once again. For Dan, Mark, and Dave, this is Paul wishing you all safe travels and close games. Hope to see you all on the road real soon. Be safe out there.